Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. All right, ready or not, it's Bucks Ravens, Raymond James Stadium, Thursday night football on Amazon or Fox 13 if you live in the greater Tampa Bay market, so you get to see that even if you're not a subscriber. Well, it's not good news when you are in a tailspin the way the Bucks are. They've lost, obviously, three out of four, trying to avoid four out of five, but the worst case scenario is this. It's a short week, and forget about practice, which is really down to a glorified walkthrough. There's a lot of talking and walking through things this past couple of days to try to try to get things right. The negative is that really neither team, certainly in the Bucks' case, this is true, you don't have time to get guys healthy. It's about healthy bodies. You know, how many guys came out of Sunday's game that can make it and line up and actually play on Thursday night? Just such a quick turnaround. And on that front, the news is not really good for the Bucks, And that is because this is starting to look a little bit like last season. Ironically, Richard Sherman will be at the game because he's part of the Thursday night football broadcast on Amazon, he may have to suit up (laughs) because they brought in Richard last year when they were obliterated in the secondary. They're very close to that level now. Um, Going into this game, you're not going to have Carlton Davis, their best corner, uh, a guy who thinks, you know, he's uh, the best in the league and really hasn't posted the numbers for that. But he is out because of a hip injury that he continues to aggravate. Um. Also, Sean Murphy Bunting, who has not played for several weeks, he is going to be out still again with a a quad injury. And to me, the worst injury of, of the entire group, as far as the game goes, is probably Anfield Win- Antoine Winfield Jr., who got that concussion in the game against Carolina. He's in protocol, not enough days to get him out of that safely. And so he is not going to play. And if you think about right now, who's playing the best on the Bucks defense? Hell, maybe on the on the team. It's that kid. It's Antoine Winfield Jr., who is making tackles for loss. In fact, he got hurt on one. Sacks, um, you know, just big plays, passes defensed, all of that from that slot corner position. He's not going to be able to go there now. They don't have Sean Murphy Bunting able to work in there now. So you might see a safety like Mike Edwards down in there uh, and some other players that, uh, you know, may help out. But it's a key position in this defense, and you're without – one of your best players. And it doesn't really stop there. I mean, you've also got, on the offensive side, Cameron Brait, of course, not going to play because of a neck injury. Um, so between the concussion and the neck, this has just been a lost season for Cameron Brait. You just hope that he's able to be healthy um, for his life, much less football. Russell Gage, chalk him up to yet another free agent who has spent more time in the tub than with a club. He's still got an aggravated hamstring. He is also out for this game. And, you know, the list just, it just kind of goes on and on, man. It's like, you know, a couple guys that are questionable and, and I don't, one of them, I don't think will play 
but we'll see. Julio Jones, remember him? Uh, banged up his knee in the Dallas game. Hasn't really been able to be very useful since. Has been inactive for several weeks. He has been limited all week, but he is questionable, which is not out, not doubtful, but questionable. A lot of players play under that situation. That'll be a game-time decision. And the other one is Akeem Hicks, who I think there's some hope for. Uh, talk to Akeem. You can go on TampaBay.com, Tampa Bay Times. I uh, wrote a column or a story about him, uh, just what he has been through. Of course, he's missed a ton of games over the last three years, 32 years old, had the plantar uh, fascia injury after uh, or during the Saints game. Week two, he hasn't played since then. But if he could play and play well enough to impact the game, Next to Vita Vea, you might see an improved run defense, and it's been the run defense that has probably been uh, the most disappointing. I mean, they gave up so many yards last week to a couple running backs, you know, Dante Foreman, guys like that that you probably not really heard of after they traded away Christian McCaffrey. Uh, and so the run defense has been horrific. But, you know, if you were to get Akeem Hicks in there, possibly pressure the quarterback. The, the problem is Lamar Jackson, <laughs> and we're, we're going to talk about Lamar here in just a minute, but this is not a uh, this is not a great injury list. Now I'll say this: the Baltimore Ravens got a lot of guys hurt as well. Here's the best news for the Bucks that I have seen: Calais Campbell uh, has been sick all week long. I don't know if he's got COVID. I don't know what the deal is there. He is their All Pro, of course. He is out for the game. hasn't practiced all week. Um, their tight end Mark Andrews has been battling a, a bad knee injury. He did not practice all week. He's listed as questionable. And when I say guys didn't practice, these are walkthroughs. So, you know, really not much excuse to miss everything. Um, and then everybody else, I think, you know, they got some, some guys nicked up, but everybody else was pretty much full. Um, Gus Edwards running back was limited for Baltimore, but I think they come into this game healthier than Tampa Bay. And certainly, playing better i mean they're they're four and three not three and four so it's not a lot in terms of the standings but in a bye week uh you know guys that are nicked up and and can't go certainly hurt your team and then you have guys that will be trying to play through some stuff and you well could see you know some injuries in this game as the game progresses simply because they're going out there with what three four days less rest and you just don't know how some of those nicks and, and some of those bruises are going to hold up once they actually get out there, you know, into the field and start start trying to play football because it is a, uh, you know, it's a violent game. And it's Thursday night football is something that players both win and hate. They love the fact that they don't have to practice, that they, uh, you know, can do walkthroughs. It, it saves their bodies a little bit, but they're going out there way too early in terms of whether they've gotten them back. And then the good the good part of it is, on the back end, of course, they get like a four-day weekend. So we'll get into the matchups, the offense, the defense here in just a second. But first, I want to tell you about May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned and operated business. They've been installing solar electric systems for 12 years in the Tampa Bay area. Billy May and his crew does a great job. They're committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That Right there is the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all its products. They conduct on-site testing. You can see what they'll install. Plus, they don't use subcontractors, so you know exactly who's doing the job. That's all of his guys up there on the roof knocking it down. So start saving today. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar, at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate 
lower your electric bill all year long, and preserve your quality of your appliances and your life. A lot of people are doing this. That listen to this podcast, give Billy May a call. May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. Steve, I think this game is maybe the turning point of a season for the Bucks. Now, stay with me here, okay? They're three and four. They are currently in first place with a game in hand tied with Atlanta, the Falcons. The Falcons play Carolina. This is unbelievable when you think about it. Think about Carolina. Fired their coach. Steve Wilkes is the interim. Baker Mayfield on the shelf. Sam Darnold on the shelf. P.J. Walker playing. Christian McCaffrey traded. All these guys, right, that they've gotten rid of. And yet, if Carolina beats Atlanta this weekend and the Bucs were to lose to, to the Baltimore Ravens, you're first place Carolina Panthers in the NFC South. Just as you predicted, right? <laughs> How weird is that? I mean, the, 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 the smoldering ashes that are the Panthers in Charlotte that no one has even paid attention to by the end of the day on Sunday could be in the playoffs if they were, were to start right away. They could be the division leaders. Is that unbelievable? It really is unbelievable. I mean, you, you realize the Panthers tra- or, you know, traded for Baker Mayfield. He's hurt. Mm-hmm. Sam Darnold's hurt. P.J. Walker's yep. your quarterback. You've traded Robbie Anderson. You've traded Christian McCaffrey. And as you said, if you win this week, you're in first place. And you fired your coach. That's crazy, although it shows you right now how bad the play is in the NFC South. It's bad in the South. It's bad in the NFC in general. There's a lot of teams, aside from the NFC East, where there's a bunch of teams with one or two losses most of the teams in the NFC have two or three, some four. And so, you know, it, it sort of works to your advantage if you're in the NFC because you're, never, you're not quite out of it. I mean, I think this division is going to be one, possibly with a 9-8 and eight record, possibly a sub-500 record. We've seen that before many years ago when Carolina won it. But if they lose this game, okay, that would be something Tom Brady – think about it now. He's played 23 seasons. He has never had a streak in, a, in his career – where his football team lost, uh, what would it be? Uh, four out of they're four out of five. Five out of six. Five out of six. They've never lost five out of six. In two thousand and two, they were uh, three and four. They won three in a row. They lost four straight. They wound up nine and seven and missed the playoffs, but they had a winning record. But he would have never lost five out of six in his entire career. And you know what? For my money, there's a lot of things that Tom Brady can't control, and he can't control injuries to some degree. Although he had a hand in picking a lot of these free agents who are 30-something-year-olds that came into uh, this season as, as players that had you know, a lot of injury trouble in, the, in their previous years, and, and here they are on the shelf. He did have something to do with that. Um, but you know, this, this is not a great football team, and while, while Tom's numbers are okay in terms of like touchdowns to interceptions, he's only thrown one interception this year, here are the things that have really crippled the offense. And I guess if there's good news, if you're somebody who thinks that Luke Gedeke, uh, the, the rookie you know, guard from Central Michigan, has been the weakest link, and he has, and that replacing him is going to change everything, we're about to find out. We're about to find out because Gedeke is out for this game. He's out because he has a foot injury, or at least – because of the short week and a foot injury, this is the perfect time to make a change to Nick Leverett, who played 20 snaps 
in the previous game, played well. I watched him. I focused on him. He, he, he is a guy um, that will fight you. He's a guy that will scrap. He doesn't have the best technique in the world. Uh, he's, he's smaller than Gedeke, obviously. He can play center or guard, probably more of a center, to be quite honest with you. Um, but even having said that, he knows about leverage. He knows about getting low. Uh, he, he will use you know, his leverage to turn guys and create some openings in the run game. And he will fight you. He'll fight you all day long. And he's been, in the, he's been in the mix before. He's not a rookie. He's seen some things. And he just doesn't have a ton of playing experience himself. But instead of coming into a game cold, he, he has prepared all week to start this game. Now, again, walkthroughs, nothing physical, all of that. Um, but I think it's an opportunity that if, in fact, Leverett can play better and hold up, you might see a difference in this offense. You might see Brady um, actually – you know, trust his protection a little bit. You know, the Ravens' defense, while good, is not great. It is not the Ravens' defense you're used to. They're still really big and they're really physical and all those things. Um, but teams have teams have scored on them, and you know they give up they give up some points, they give up some yards, and so you know if if Tom is able to trust it, and they can get you know some push and move some guys for a change. They might be able to get the running game going, and Brady might feel a little more comfortable back there in the pocket. Because I'm going to tell you right now, as much as anything that is hurting this Bucks offense, in my opinion, it's pretty simple to see what is going on. Okay, Tom Brady is 45 years old, and God bless him, he decided after 40 days he was going to unretire for whatever reasons he had and play again in the National Football League. But he lost his starting center. Uh, Ali Marpet retired. This offensive line is, especially the interior line, the guys closest to his feet, the guys that can get the pressure on him quickest, that he can't do anything about because he can't run out of the pocket. Um, they're the weakest link. And so he does not trust them all that much. And I've seen him start the last couple of games where he had a dirt a ball because somebody won on the inside off the snap. They are running a lot of what we call games. They are running twists and stunts inside trying to confuse Robert Hainsey, trying to, to uh, create pressure on the rookie, Luke Gedeke. And all those things will still occur. They're not going to change. They're not going to stop now. But if, if at some point Tom becomes comfortable, maybe he'll hold the ball for more than 2.1 seconds. This guy is, is getting rid of the ball, and he always got rid of it quickly, faster than almost any time in his career. Think about that. He's played all these years, 23 years. Why is that ball coming out so fast? And because it is, okay, He's only averaging 6.6 yards per attempt. That's only the third time that that's ever happened in his career. The last time was his final season in New England. And if you recall that season, which ended with a pick six in the playoffs by Logan Ryan, who is now, now on IR for the Bucks, they didn't have any receivers that year, and he didn't trust his offensive line that year either, and he was not good. Uh, that was what some people speculated. Well, that's the last we're going to see of Tom Brady. And it turned out he came back went to Tampa, won the Super Bowl, the rest is history. But he didn't look good because it was a similar situation. Not a lot of playmakers, bad offensive line, uh, all of that. you got to go back to like 2000, that 2002 season, I think, um, which was another bad year for the Patriots, uh, when, when he you know, had that, those fewest yards per attempt. 6.6 in this league is not a lot. They are not pushing the ball down the field. And everybody on the defense knows it. They are, they are playing the run. Uh, they know they want to run the ball. They are playing cover two 
shell and not letting people go behind them. And then they are jumping everything underneath because what? That ball's coming out really fast. And so you see a lot of two and three and four yard completions, and you need three of those to make a first down. That is a hard way uh, to make a living in the National Football League if you want to score points. And that's why the Bucks have not had a touchdown, not had a touchdown in the first quarter of any game this season. Who had that on their prop bets, that the Bucs would not score a touchdown in the first quarter after seven weeks with Tom Brady as your quarterback, with Mike Evans as one of your receivers, and for the most part, Chris Godwin, who I know missed a couple games as your other receiver. Um, they are a slow, plodding offense. Everybody knows it. They are not afraid of Tom Brady. They are not afraid of Mike Evans, and they are not afraid of Chris Godwin at this point, and they don't have a tight end. Kate Otten is making strides. Uh, I think Brady is beginning to trust him more and more and has made some really tight throws through a keyhole to him uh, down the seam the last couple of weeks. But he is not Gronk. He is not somebody that's going to take the top off the defense uh, or run away from you on third down. And so, you know, you can see what is happening, why this offense is shrinking week to week to week. And I think there's also some concern about Brady's shoulder. I don't think it's right. Uh, He took that hit on it a few weeks ago. You know, some throws come out of his hand kind of funny and, and, and sort of like dive down with nose down. Um, again, he's not taking chances because anybody that's sitting here after seven weeks with one interception is what? Not throwing the ball, you know, uh, all that much down the field, not giving their, their players 50% balls where they can go up there and make a play or it could be intercepted. I mean, he has made some tight throws. I'm not saying he hasn't. Um, but he's not taking a lot of chances because he's getting the ball out of his hand. He doesn't want to hold it. He doesn't want to get hit, and, and good for him. I don't blame him. The guy's 45. He gets the rest of his life in front of him. But Brady has always said this. I would rather, I would rather lose games out of his mouth several times, lose games than to get injured and be out for the season. It happened to him one time with the torn ACL. He never wanted to do it again. And if you think, that he thinks if this is his last season, that it's going to go out with him on a cart somewhere, that ain't happening. The last you see of Tom Brady on a football field will be Tom Brady on a football field as far as he's concerned and as much as he can control that. And the last time I checked, he has the ball in his hand every play, so he is playing hot potato with that thing, and that offense is getting smaller and smaller each week. They have got to find a way to open it up. Now, the tough thing is, Steve, they don't play any other receivers. They, they play Godwin and they play you know, Mike Evans, and that's it. That's all the beat is on the bench. That's all he trusts. That's it. That's all he tr- But remember when he got here? Remember when he was the happy Tom Brady? Remember when he was the, I'm a people pleaser, I'm going to learn your offense, you know, no risk it, no biscuit, let's go. Win or lose, we booze, baby. And he was throwing that, that ball down the field. And, of course, he had a better offensive line, granted. But it was, oh, I love Scooter Miller, and I love – you know, uh, all these nicknames he had for, you know, Cammy and all these guys. And, you know, he was, they, they, they were trying to please him as well. They were, you know, spending extra time and going to get TB12. And they were, you know, and everything was, was you know, such a singular focus. We got to win this for Tommy. Uh, we have a chance because we got Brady. And I'm not saying they don't now, but some of that bloom is off the rose. You know what I mean? Like, Brady's not the same Brady, and his life is not the same, clearly. And he didn't miss training camp back in the day, and he didn't miss walkthroughs. And, you know, uh, 
again, he could roll out of bed today, not Thursday night, but today, as we do this Wednesday night. But he could roll out of bed, and he could still be the most prepared quarterback in the league. Why? Nobody. Nobody has played more football at that position. Nobody. And nobody's been better at it. And and it's not his physical tools. He's always beaten people with his head, right? And so he can still he's still the most prepared guy. But he's is he prepared the way he has always been prepared? And furthermore, is he as willing, Steve, to take those shots in what could be the last year of his career? No. He's not. Yeah. I mean, he would love to win an eighth eighth ring. Yeah. But his health is going to be more important. It's more important. And, and what I learned in, in talking to guys like, you know, um, Alex Guerrero when he got here and others, he told me that the one thing that would drive Tom out of the game is his health. You know, that if he doesn't feel good or if he doesn't think he can play, obviously. And right now we have a banged up shoulder, a banged up finger, ring finger on his right hand. And... I was told by one of the people in his circle, not Alex, that when his career is over, we already know that he played the Super Bowl year with a partially torn MCL. I reported that. That when his career is over, people will be, quote, amazed with what he played with. So I think the shoulder is worse than anybody realizes. I don't think you'll ever hear what it is until after the season. Um, maybe he'll have surgery. Maybe he won't. I don't know. But... He clearly is 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 a beat up forty five year old just seven weeks into the season, going on eight, hoping for seventeen and more, and you know, it, I I just don't see him with the same willingness to stand in there and look down the barrel like he has in the past with that offensive line. Now, if they get better, if they run the ball better. And more, which I think that's the only way out of this hole, in my opinion. You know, the only way out for the Buccaneers with this current team is they have to play the way they did against Dallas. They they have to find a way to grind the ball. Here's the weird thing. Okay, so for the first two games when they were two and zero, they ran the football forty eight percent of their plays. Forty eight percent. You ask for balance, there's your balance. They averaged like 100 and, I don't know, 12, 114 yards a game on the ground. Okay? You know, um, you had, what, Leonard Fournette getting 127 against Dallas in the first week. But they averaged over 112 per game, 2-0, and right? 48% run plays. During this losing streak when they've lost four out of five of these last five games, they've run the ball 24% of the time. 24% of the time. So, and also has the lowest average, maybe in the history of the league. They're like under three yards a carry, which is infinitesimal, right? So, you would think in the NFL you could fall forward for three yards on first down. They can't. Now, it's a chicken and the egg thing. You're not very good at running the football, clearly, with that average, but you're also not trying to. And if you look at the games and you say, well, why did they abandon the run? Because they were in all the games. I mean, the only game that they were really behind in would have been, what, Kansas City. And they scored 30-something, you know, Kansas City scored 30-something. And they, uh, I think the Bucks, you know, were up there as far as points goes, their highest point production as well. But they got way behind. So they threw the ball a whole, a whole ton. And you, you can excuse them for that. But they didn't trail Pittsburgh by very much. 
Hell, they were only trailing seven to nothing midway through the third quarter when they couldn't pick up third and one and fourth and one last week against Carolina. They don't. They can't. They don't call runs now. Is Tom checking off? Uh, is it the way they're playing them? Well, I see a lot of zone, man. I see a lot of zone. I see guys close to the line of scrimmage, though. And so, you know, Tom will call what he thinks the defense is allowing him to have, which is, seems to be, you know, quick passes. But all they're running are bubble screens to the outside, running back in the flat, uh, slant, you know, for two or three yards to Mike Evans or Godwin. Um, there's just no there's no attacking going on. There isn't a defense in this league, I think, that fears that the Bucs are going to go up and down the field with them. I just don't believe that. And there's sort of a philosophy on Todd Bowles, who has said it. He wants sustained drives. Well, what, who does that consistently? That's hard to do, particularly when you don't have um, guys that threaten teams with their speed. And they won't play Scotty Miller, and they won't play Brashard Perryman, and they won't play Jalen Darden. I don't know why they're here if not to stretch the field. Won't do it. So this is going to – listen, lose this game. You could fall out of first place. You're 3-5 and five, no matter what. You've got the Los Angeles Rams coming here. Now, the Rams are struggling, man. They look a lot like the Bucks, And their quarterback has a bad wing as well. But you know what? They've owned the Bucks. Now, so did the Saints, granted. But the Rams aren't playing good, but they're fighting for their very lives as well. So you got the Rams at home, and then you got to fly all the way to Germany and play a Seattle team that is winning the NFC West. Don't tell them they can't do it after they traded Russ, who isn't cooking in Dallas. Um, so, you know, which way does the season go? If you win this game... And this is the this is just the way it is in the NFL. When you win, you can win the net, you can win all of them. When you win, you feel like oh we you know, we can beat we can beat the Rams. You know, Ravens are a good team. We we got this thing going now. We know how to win. And then you can say well we'll beat we can beat Seattle. We can beat anybody on our on our schedule. If you lose again, man, five out of six now. That not many good teams ever lose five out of six. Not good teams. They might lose three out of four. They might lose two out of three. Not good teams don't lose five out of six. It, it just doesn't happen. You can't, you can't gain any confidence if you're losing that many games. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. So I wrote a story about the defense uh, kind of as an advance because there's been a lot of talk about the offense, obviously, with, you know, Byron Leftwich, we just spent all this time talking about him and we, we kind of know what the problems are, starting with the offensive line and going, going outside. The defense, however, there's really no excuse except for in this game, their secondary is obliterated by injuries. I mean, you know, similar to what it was back in the day um, a year ago. But, but until, until now, that hasn't really been the case. They've, they've managed to have the preponderance of starters on the field. And yet, 
While they haven't given up a ton of points, I think they're only like sixth or seventh in points allowed, which is good. Uh, what's not good is the way they played in the second half of games and of late, of course, the way they played against inferior competition. And more than that, just these are self-inflicted. Like, when, you know, Brian Baldinger, who's on the NFL Network that does a lot of tape analysis for them, uh, and I posted some of that on Twitter and I think in my story as well. Um, he broke down the some of the Bucks' breakdowns, if you will. You know, the 60-yard breakout run, the 18-yard touchdown run, the two touchdown passes that P.J. Walker had. Um, and in every case, and those are just the scoring plays predominantly, they were, they were breakdowns by the Bucks. D. I mean, you know, that run, the 60-yard run, and it's, it's, you know, it's in the fourth quarter, that is a simple zone run that the entire defense, especially Devin White, over-pursues and takes themselves out of the play. Like, there wasn't really a cutback as much as, oh, okay, we're just going to jump this and, you know, run out, of the, run out of the frame and lose our gap integrity and just leave a gulf for the running back to power through. For, and then your safety takes a bad angle. And instead of being a four-yard run or even a six-yard run, 60. 60. Unforgivable. On the next play, uh, they screw up another situation where they have a uh, a corner blitz on a run play and they vacate an entire gap and allow the guy to walk in from from 18 yards away it is it is the some of the worst defense i've seen them play uh the touchdown passes you've got jamel dean the first one to gj uh moore you've got jamel dean who's lined up over moore who's on the outside and there's a receiver in the slot they simply do a rub route. They just, you know, kind of cross. And Dean hands off DJ Moore, who's kept running inside towards Mike Edwards, who's kind of in the slot. And Mike's late to pick him up. Mike's kind of following the guy that's running the out. And by the time he stops and pivots, Moore's, Moore's in the end zone with the ball. Like, those two guys have played together for th- four years. Four years they played together. Basic coverage. Dean has played the best ball of anybody in the secondary outside of Winfield, who I mentioned, but he's been the best corner. And he does the right thing. I asked him, I said, how does that happen? He goes, well, we're human. Uh, yeah, you are, except that in this league, you get paid to not make those mistakes, right? And after four years in this defense with that secondary that Todd Bowles coaches, right, and spent all that time with those guys when they were growing up, that can't happen in professional football. You know, mistakes do happen. Physical mistakes happen. Sometimes you, what you don't want to have are the mental errors. The mental errors is what gets you beat. Most games are lost, not won. That's a mental error on a simple route combination that they have done since the first day of install four years ago. Seriously. Like the four years ago, they taught them, here's how we're going to hand this off. And they, could, and they didn't do it. Should be able to do it without even knowing who's running what, you know, what. And couldn't do it. Um, the other touchdown, you just you put it on a rookie. I mean, it, at least Zion McCallum was starting his first game in the NFL. Okay? You're going to have this. I mean, I always said this. Ronnie Barber's the worst player I saw at defensive back as a rookie. I'm telling you, he couldn't play dead. And he will tell you that. He was awful. They benched him. He was a high pick. They benched him. They brought him back into postseason. That was it. And he played really well against Green Bay. They lost. 
and then the rest is history. Zion McCallum got his first start, and on his touchdown pass, which they were already down by, what, 10 at that point, I think, um, he thinks they're going to throw it to Moore, and so he jumps it when he's supposed to be, you know, in quarters coverage, and he allows the tight end to get up on him, and he's wide open in the end zone because he sees something instead of playing his responsibilities. And he said, he told me after the game, he goes, I learned my lesson. I know I can't be as jumpy, and I'm just going to sit back and do my job. And that, but that's, that's part of a process of learning how to play. You know, you can excuse that. I can't excuse Devin White. What, what's happened to Devin White? And, you know, I said something the other day, Steve DeLarry Foot. I go, what about this play? What about this play? He goes, well, you pick out a couple of plays, and you can always pick out a couple of plays, but Devin's playing really good football. Well, isn't it the couple of plays that get you beat? It's usually a couple of plays a game that swing, swing the game. Right, right. So I don't, you know, I, I don't know what he means by that other than he's kind of a Devin White apologist. And look, Devin White, I think, has all the ability in the world, mm-hmm. and he got off to a really good start in those first two games. But if you're going to be a, the kind of player he aspires to be, you know, perennial pro bowler, maybe Hall of Famer. I don't see it, man. I don't. I don't see it. Yeah, I don't think he's playing that way. It's got to be more consistent. Absolutely, he doesn't show the consistency of one of those players. Right, right. You know, we we harp on Shaq Barrett and rightfully so, and we harp on Vita mm-hmm. Bay and those guys. Some of the pass rush stuff. Yeah, they should win. They should win more than they have. But you know, when your sacks come, they come when you have a lead. And the other team is one-dimensional. This team never leads. They haven't scored a touchdown in the first quarter. And that's a problem with the defense, too. Yeah. They don't get Absolutely. to play with the lead. Much like the offense isn't playing with the lead, the defense isn't either. Right. Your, your big runs come in the fourth quarter because teams are gambling. They have to shut you down. You pop one, and you go to the house with it. And that's usually the way it works. But I'm telling you, I, don't, I do not know what to expect tonight. I expect that it'll be a struggle on offense because it has been since really day one. Uh, They scored one touchdown on a circus catch, a one-handed circus catch by Mike Evans in the Dallas game. They won by 16, though, which was fine. Um, I think this team is reeling. I don't think they have a lot of confidence. I I think they'll put out great effort because I, I think they know they can play better. And I think that the coaches have been on them pretty good. But they're beat up. They've had a short week, and Lamar Jackson comes to town. Lamar Jackson is an enigma to me because he's he can be the best player in the league, but I don't think they, they surround him with a lot of great players. Like, where are his great receivers, right? You know, he does so much on his own, but he gets better and better every year. And I think he's a better thrower than he's ever been, you know, of the football. But, boy, you talk about a guy. He's got more rushing yards, Steve, by himself than the Bucks have as a team right now. He's a quarterback. Ouch. For, for a team that. that came in the season wanting to run the ball more. We want to run the ball. We see the game the same way. Me and Todd Bowles, we see the game. We all see the game the same way. Yeah. Quarterback. 500 yards. The Bucks don't have 500 yards as a team on the ground. And they're stubborn about it. We asked them the other day, why is Leonard Fournette still RB1? He's still our, our best running back. Okay. I don't know what you got to do to disprove that. You know, like the, the last game, the other guy had a four-yard average, and Lenny didn't. 
And they'll go, yeah, but, you know, Leonard Fournette is three of nine in short yardage situations. Three of nine. Rashad White is four of four. You say that to Byron Leftwich, he goes, yeah, but on those other plays where he got the four first downs, we blocked it better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> maybe you did. Or maybe the guy ran through the right hole. I don't know. I'd have to look at them all. I'm sure they do. But it seems to me if one guy's three of nine on short yardage and one guy's four of four, call me stupid. I'm going to do the guy that's four for four. Um, he's getting the ball. Maybe he can get skinny in a way that Leonard can't, right? Get skinny in the hole and squirt through there. Maybe he just has more patience and waits for the hole. To do. I don't know. But if he's your best short yardage back, and the statistics would show that, shouldn't he be getting the ball in short yardage? It's not that. I don't want to be that smart, man. Now, I know I got, well, I got a 240-pound back, and, you know, he can hammer it up in there. Yeah, but he's, but he's not, you know. And everybody knows that's all he's going to do. And they have no creativity in the run game. It, it's just I want to see something out of these guys that not only shows energy and life. You know what they should do? Go no huddle. Start the game in no huddle. They did tempo last week. They, they went down the field a little bit. You know, they did tempo in Pittsburgh. They got a touchdown. They didn't get the two-point conversion, but they went up tempo and they got a touchdown. They need energy. And maybe the building will give it to them, but I'll tell you what. Let them stymie around a little bit in this game. You're going to hear the boo birds. They're going to come out. And they should. Because this is not the product that, that these people have paid to see. So anyway, it'll be interesting. Uh, big game, Bucks Thursday night football. National televised game will be up late again. Steve Versnick will be waiting for me at 2 a.m. to or 1.30 to call it in, call in and do a <laughs> podcast. God help us, our lives. We do this for you, folks, and we do it for May Electric Solar because uh, they're going to solve your problems with your energy bills. Lower your electric bill. You get a 30-year warranty, $750 worth of surge protection. That's the May difference. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. Where are the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight? Are they uh, off? They're uh, in San Jose. They play again Saturday afternoon. So they just finished Saturday their afternoon. back-to-back yeah. with uh, L.A. and Anaheim. Yeah, the West Coast trip continues. So mm-hmm. they need to get, rack up, uh, get some points going here uh, and continue that and uh, then get back home and see what they got. But it's kind of, uh, yeah. you know, been a, kind of a rough start for the Lightning. And getting ready for the Rowdies playoff game this Saturday night. So How about that? They're yeah, at they Memphis. Their first game. Yeah, they're at Memphis for this game. So it's the two versus the three seed in the East. So, so are they a three seed then? They are the three seed. So, yeah, that's why okay. they're on the road this week. All right. Well, if they win that, will it be back here or do we know? Uh, depends on if Louisville were to win or I forget who Louisville's playing. But if Louisville's, Louis, Louisville's the, top the, the top seed. So if they win, it's in Louisville. If they lose, then it would be at outline. Well, they are. They might be our last hope in Champa Bay. I think it's. I think. I think the trophies are all moving to Philadelphia. I don't know about the Flyers, but Torts is up there. Who knows? I don't think the but, Flyers are ready this year. But, but you know, you got the Phillies, and and obviously the Eagles are off to great starts. So, or finishes in the case of the Phillies in the World Series. Although I got the Astros in that one. Um, and as we tape this podcast, I don't know. We hadn't had game one yet, right? It's Friday night. Friday night. So. Yeah, Friday night. So I. I I just think the Astros have been the best team for years, and certainly this year they're the best team in baseball. they got the playoff experience. But a lot of times it's just that momentum. We saw it last year with the Atlanta Braves, man. You get a hot team, mm-hmm. crowds jacked up. That's an unbelievable atmosphere up there in Philadelphia. They're back in the World Series after all these years. So uh, you get Bryce Hoppe. But it's, in- it's interesting with both teams getting such a huge layoff in between. I mean, they both won on Sunday. 
You're not playing against till Friday. So how does momentum change with that? Yeah, it can change, yeah. I mean, you set Absolutely. up your pitching rotation, but are guys too fresh? Are they too too many at-bats away days from off, yeah. yeah. So we'll see. You like to stay in a groove. Anyway, keep it uh, right here. Thanks for listening to us. We'll be back, of course, uh, tomorrow to break down the Bucks and the Baltimore Ravens here on Sports Day Tampa Bay. For Steve Burst and Gummerick Stroud, the Tampa Bay Times, have a great day, everybody. 